to take your mind and I trust your hearts and, and try and focus them on something in particular of the Lord. And I know like with Mark, uh, whenever I play or Mary plays, and Mary and I play, whoever plays, it's not just playing. It's, it's not for show. Um, it's not a production. And in a number of churches, I guess that transpires and that happens. It, things are done within the church and it becomes a production. Sunday morning service is a production. There's, you got the choir, the choir specials, you got the songs, you got... You, and uh, I kind of get bored with that. <laughs> I, I enjoy playing for myself. And being able to present music, is, I present something that I trust is unto the Lord, and I trust that uh, you receive a blessing from it. And that's why I enjoy our music here. Definitely a lot like some of the bigger churches, but I enjoy our music here. Uh, we have some new things going on, as you'll notice, and uh, wish Alan was here to tell you about them because he's a little more up to date on it, on some of the things than I am. You, we have a screen behind us now, and uh, there's a uh, HDMI cable that has been run. It's coiled up underneath the front here, so we got extra cable so we can go in different areas and uh, access the the screen. Uh, the beauty of the screen is going to be that um, I know Alan intends to to be able to display some notes and outlines and things, and others that come uh, can do the same, and uh, it will it will be a visible. Uh, help to kind of focus your mind on certain phrases, certain things, certain points that are being made uh, during the sermon. And uh, I think that that'll be good. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. We, we are shifting gears a little bit on YouTube. I am not sure if we are on or not. Uh, I mean on, on the internet, live stream. Uh, had some difficulties this morning with the sound, as uh, some of you experienced earlier, and I'm not sure what the situation is right now, but at least those of us that are here uh, will have the advantage of uh, enjoying whatever uh, is generated here in, in, in our presence. But uh, we are looking to move our stream from the live stream, which presently has been costing us per year, we're going to change over to YouTube because it's free. We like that price tag. And uh, so it's, it should basically be the same. Uh, there has been a change in the... Uh, I don't know what went wrong with the audio this morning, but uh, anyway, there's been a change with those that that uh, live stream, and it, it, with the live stream, there's a chat that you can type in. Mary, are we live streaming? Yeah. We are. Okay, good. 
Great. And it's working. Good. Welcome, Alan. Glad you can join us. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're, we're changing that. So then we can, we can take the monies that we're going for that and we can put it into a better camera. We want to get a better camera. That will give us a clearer picture that uh, we'll have one that can zoom and that can pan, and uh, we'll have to determine where we want to put that. And that way we can zoom in closer to the, to the front, and you can see the screen, those are on the Internet. And, uh, of course, our streaming is, is for the benefit of others that can't be here. For you, if you can't perhaps be here, you're sick or something, you can live stream in for others around the country that uh, like to live stream into our service. That we want to enhance that. And now, and, and for those that do live stream and you that are perhaps live streaming today, if you have any comments, any suggestions, uh, uh, please funnel them to us, email them to Alan so that we can get your input, things that, that you would like perhaps uh, to enhance it for you for not being able to be with us, that, but at least what you see, that, that, that they'll, if there's something that can uh, perhaps make it, make the service a little more touching and, and connective with you, please let us know. Uh, you, we value all those, those suggestions and we want to see what we can do to improve. Those of you that are here, if you have live streamed, and you have something on your mind and your heart you'd like to share, please share that with us. And because it's, it's, it's good to get uh, insight from uh, others around about us. And uh, so anyway, we're trying to move in that direction too and trying to enhance our capabilities. We'll have that uh, chat thing available too, I think, through YouTube. And, uh, but anyway, those are some of the things coming up. Uh, we got many other things coming up, some visitors coming in, uh, missionaries and that, that I'll be dropping in along the time and, and other things. Remember, uh, remember your, the prayer list. Pray for one another. I noticed that Brother Spencer is not here again today. I know his wife has been sick, and I'm not sure if uh, he's picked up some sickness or not, but uh, anyway, uh, pray for him and his wife and the family there, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and check up on him. I know Alan can't get out. It's not good for him to get out just yet and mix and mingle with all sorts of sickness floating around through the air. So uh, uh, if you have a thought, you, you know, you can give uh, Brother Spencer a call even. Uh, sometimes that's a little bit safer <laughs> when flu bugs and that is moving around. So, uh, anything else anybody has on their mind and their heart that they know or think needs to be made mention of? Looks good. In the matter of a message this morning, uh, I want to share some things that I find useful and helpful uh, in my personal life. Uh, in connection with the Word of God. And uh, there are different things that, that uh, grab hold of us at 
at different times that, that God uses, I think, to catch our attention concerning a portion of Scripture that we might be reading or studying. Uh, there might be a word or two. There might be a phrase. And uh, it's just something that, you know, if you learn to, to grab a hold of these things, that as they appear in the Word of God, and the Spirit of God might grab our attention on and cause us to meditate and think about just that little piece of information or that little phrase and ask God to, to enhance your mind or your heart to get a better understanding of that, to, to, to appreciate the Word of God more than what, where we are right now. Um, there are various portions of Scripture throughout, throughout the book that, that just seem to uh, grab my attention. And it, and it causes me to, to marvel at the book. This which God has provided for us by way of communicating to us His mind and His heart. And if there's any mind or heart that we need to connect with, it is His. About your personal life. And God's interested in each and every one of us as individuals. We can see that throughout the Scripture, all the way from from Genesis through Revelation. God is interested, and we've got to get a hold of that. God is interested about me, about you. We may be one of billions on the planet. But just as there are billions and quadrillions, and you can come up with another infinitesimal number of stars in the universe, I can't fully comprehend that God has them all named. Now, if you know, we, we know some of the names, I guess. We, we've named some of the stars. But even some of the names that God has given for some of the stars, I believe, we know today because God revealed that truth to mankind way back in the beginning and it has filtered down, some of that has filtered down to this day and this time. Those things for me are mind-boggling. They're just hard to comprehend that. But, but we're tr- and then we're trying to comprehend and understand God and God's interest in my life and in your life. Because without the shedding of Christ's blood, there is no remission of sins. Yours or mine, those that have died in the past already, those that are yet to be born. His death was important for each and every individual in this matter of sin. Hard to comprehend that. But thinking 
over the different things that, that have caught my attention over this past week, there's a little phrase that, keeps pop, that, that pops up all the way through Scripture. I've looked at the term Holy Spirit. E.W. Bullinger has a, published a work on the Holy Spirit, taking uh, the two terms, uh, uh, hagion and pneuma, the two Greek terms, and how they appear in Scripture. And he covered every passage in the New Testament concerning the Spirit and the Holy that is attached to it. Amazing study. And, and all I could do, I, I just enjoyed reading his book. You ought to get it and you ought to read it. Because it'll extend, it'll expand your mind and understanding of the words. But, but all the words of Scripture are important. All Scripture is given to us by, by the breath of God, by the inspiration of God. And so there's no other book like it. Now, personally, I feel the words that, that have been God-given are those that we find in the original, well, whatever the original text was, but within the Greek and the Hebrew language and Aramaic. But those were the first words that God gave. Now, for me, I take this position. If those are the first words that God gave, then those are the primary words where the Holy Spirit made no mistake in the words that he chose and selected to use to convey truth of God to mankind. Translations are good because many of us don't have that technical, skilled knowledge of the Hebrew and the Greek and, and Aramaic to be able to uh, to do great work with it, and great men of the past have had, and, and they've done, and, and they've made some great contributions to us. We're stuck with the English to some degree. But it's always good to go back and explore some of the Greek and the Hebrew terms, even if you, you have a very simple ability to do that. You can learn to expand on that and become more proficient at it. I'm not saying become an expert because who's an expert anyway? But the, but the truth of the matter is when we do that, we're going to enrich our understanding and knowledge about God. And that will help carry us into a relationship, and I trust a stronger relationship, a closer relationship with God himself. And that is possible. Because God has made that possible. That was part of his original intent with Adam and Eve back in the garden. And that original intent has not changed. God is still interested in that close relationship with him. Oh, I enjoy, thoroughly enjoy reading the word. And, and, and doing some studies and, 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 and asking God to open my mind and my heart so that I can, I can understand the word better. But 
but to enjoy the presence of God. We can do that. I was reading this one book this past few weeks. I read slow. Not because I'm a slow reader. I just like to read slow. I don't read real fast anyway. Never have been able to. But I like reading slow because I like to read and think about what I'm reading. But the presence of God, we can enjoy and we should understand that we do, but we should be able to enjoy the presence of God. Remember the portion of Scripture that says, where two or three are gathered together. What's the rest of that verse? I am with you. He's there. He's with us. Oh, it... Yeah, in a, in a spiritual sense, but, but God's not talking about just, just in a spiritual sense. He's talking about a presence. His presence is with us because we are gathered in His name. We have gathered together today in His name. And so this opportunity, this day, this service will never be repeated again like it is because His presence is with us. But now the next time we meet, He will be with us. We have His Word on it. And there's so many times we... I've been in other churches, many churches, when we were doing deputation and raising support for mission work and that. that, Oh, the number of churches that we were in. I mean, you know, you go through the... The formalities, you go through the service, you go through the, the program, and uh, everything works according to the clock, you know, clockwork. And not fully comprehending and not fully grabbing a hold of the truth that the Lord himself is with us. And that has always been on the heart of God. that he would be with his people. In 1 Kings chapter 7, we're just going to just visit that portion just for a moment. 1 Kings chapter 7. A somewhat familiar portion of Scripture that... First uh, Kings seven. Oop. Somehow I'm missing it. Maybe it's Second Kings. I do that. I don't know if you do that, but I do that. Yeah. Second Kings chapter seven. Here's a story about Elijah. Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Then he goes on to say 
what was going on. You, and you remember the time when, when the leprous individuals were, uh, were in the city and uh, they were, the city was uh, surrounded by the enemy and all of a sudden the Lord steps into the picture. He sends his prophet. And the prophet says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And I, I had to stop just with that portion of Scripture. Because that arrested my attention. God has something to say. He is always speaking. If he's not speaking through his word, his creation declares his glory, his majesty. We see his power and his might. Remember Revelation chapters 2 and 3 concerning the seven churches? Where he says, Ye who have ears to hear, let him hear. Now, it's not just physical ears. It's good to hear with our physical ears. But we know along with the physical, there is a spiritual counterpart. And we're not only to hear with our physical ear, we're to hear with a spiritual ear, because what the Spirit says, we cannot hear with our physical ear. How is your spiritual ears doing? Can you hear the Lord when he speaks? Do you pay attention to what God has to say when he speaks? Well, this portion of scripture was, was shared just the other day. And it, it, but that, that portion caught my attention. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. The Lord has something to say, and the Lord speaks. Now, if you would, join me back in the book of the Exodus. The book of Exodus. Hear ye the word of the Lord appears, that little phrase in the King James, appears seven times within the Scripture. But thus saith the Lord. <laughs> That little phrase outshines it by many numbers. Matter of fact, 415 times we find that phrase, Thus saith the Lord, appearing in the Scriptures. And you're familiar with the importance of numbers and, and the importance of, of God saying things over and over again because repetition kind of adds more intensity, more importance to what is being said. And the Lord said, the Lord says. Another phrase, all that the Lord said is recorded like 163 times. That little phrase appears. But the Lord says, where does, this, where does this phrase first appear? 
Let's go to Exodus chapter 4 and look at verse 22. If we back up to 19, the Lord said unto Moses, and of course here's another little variation. You get all sorts of variations of this phrase that pops up. The Lord said unto Moses, and by the way, if the Lord said unto Moses, what did he hear? I believe he heard. I, I, I don't believe it was just God speaking out of the sky. You know, that could have been it. But Moses had an encounter with the Lord, a personal encounter. Abraham did. Enoch walked with God, not just in a spiritual sense, I don't believe. I think in a very physical sense, Enoch walked with God. There was a time when God did manifest himself in a pre-incarnate appearance. We know angels do. We're told that, be careful, you know, in the book of Hebrews, that you might entertain angels unawares. There is something of the spirit realm that manifests itself on occasion in the physical realm. Angels are camped out round about us. You may not see them, but they're there. I'll tell you, there's a lot more going on in the spirit realm than what we realize, and there's a lot more going on in the things of the Lord than what we realize. We get so captivated and caught up with, with our physical eyes and what we see and, and, and all this movement that's going on down here and all the busyness of life. We get so caught up with that, we, we don't exercise our spiritual attributes, our spiritual senses. And God wants us to. We're to enjoy His presence. But to enjoy His presence, you've got to understand and realize His presence is really here. And they're not, that's not just words on a page. But here, Moses is to go and speak to Pharaoh. He says, go return into Egypt. For all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons, and they set upon an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. Thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord. Now, I've been captivated too by what God tells. What, what, what did God tell Moses to tell Pharaoh? Thus saith the Lord. And here's what he says, Israel is my son. Israel is my son. What an, uh, an amazing phrase. How God relates himself to this group of people. They're his sons. 
Why? They're his sons by an act of divine creation. Because if it wasn't for the creative hand of God working in Abraham's life, no, son, no nation would have come into existence. No son would have been born. Oh, yeah, Abraham went in and had Ishmael. But that wasn't the son of promise that God had promised. No, God stepped into the events and into the life of Abraham and did something special. And God, I believe, is just as interested in your life and my life and doing special things in our lives. But most of the time, we're too busy. Abraham had a relationship with God. That's why that transpired, and that's why that happened. That's one of the reasons. And God tells us that we can develop a relationship with Him. And my question to you, as, as well it is, as it is when I look, look into the mirror, how developed is this relationship between me and God? How developed is your relationship between you and God? Are you working on that? And you think just like I think, I realize i got to work on it. It doesn't just happen. I have a unique relationship with my wife because we have separated ourselves out to each other and we have joined together in a special relationship. And because of that relationship, We have, we live together. And we need to understand, I believe, and God wants us to see that we, can, we are to develop a relationship with Him and live together with Him. But in order to walk with God, one thing is required. You've got to be holy. And here's a, here's a, character trait that we cannot produce ourselves. This is something that, that God will produce in you and in me so that we can walk with Him. He'll produce that. But the question comes back to us, is, do you really want that? It took Abraham good number of years before Isaac ever came on the scene. He was 75 years old. And this amazes me. He was 75 years old before God met with him and told him, hey, pack your bags, fella. I want you to move on. Move out. I'm going I'm to take you to a place that I'm going to show you. Of course, he packed his bags. He left with his pop. And they went up to Haran and they kind of camped out up there for a while because they had family up there. And so they were up in Haran, and not until Terah died did Abraham finally get back on his camel and head south. But you see, Abraham was a hundred when the Lord appeared unto him. I don't think it was the first time. But there's 25 years that we know nothing about, 
God's communication with Abraham. Something developed there because finally Abraham moves out. And it's, it's, it's in the land, and finally God appears unto him again and tells him about a son that he's going to have. Took 25 years. Now, we, we don't find out much other information on the development. We got a little bits and pieces here and there from the scriptures on, on how that relationship developed. Uh, Abraham was close, very close to Isaac. I mean, that was his firstborn son. As his son. And that theme keeps popping up all the way through Scripture. Interesting to study that out. It's amazing that you and I can be called a son of God. Whoa. What an awesome possibility. What an awesome reality that we can fit into that category. But finally, you know, God works. It takes time. It takes time to develop a relationship. I thought I knew my wife when we first got married, but I'll tell you, after 40-some years of marriage, I find I've learned a lot about her. And that's, it takes time to develop, so don't waste your time in waiting to develop a relationship with God because it will only grow, it can only grow and mature into a greater relationship over time. It takes time. And then it takes being together. You have to get together with God. And so he, Moses, was to carry a message unto Pharaoh. Thus saith the Lord. Go to chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Now notice a slight change. Back here in chapter 4, in verse 22, Thus saith the Lord... Israel is my son. Now, he says, thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Of Israel. A little addition. A little addition added on here. What does it mean to be of Israel? Well, of Israel, it's saying that God is going to rule through Israel. God wasn't just telling them a little bit about these people. Can you imagine what, what, what Pharaoh might have thought? God is going to rule through these people and not through Pharaoh? Here's a people that God has its his hand upon. And apparently it wasn't Pharaoh that he had his hand upon. It wasn't the Egyptians. It's, it's, I find it interesting how God changes, how God adds to. Now go to chapter 7. 
we see another little expansion in this idea. The Lord said unto Moses in verse 1, and then let's look at 17. Thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in thine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish in that river shall die. The river shall stink. The Egyptians shall loathe to drink the water of the river. Notice what God adds into this picture. He's going to teach them something. In this you shall know that I am the Lord. It's one thing to know the name, but you see, here was a real life experience that was going to transpire and take place in the lives of these people, and they would get to know the Lord through experience, not just through word. And God wants us to experience His presence, not just through word, but through actuality. And we can. You can. It is possible. You have to see God maneuvering people, places, things in your life. If you want to walk with the Lord, God will maneuver things. And it's He that is doing it. You can't take credit for yourself. I'm, I look at my own life, and, and I'll tell you, I just marvel and I praise the Lord more so today than ever before that, that God gave me a woman. She was a young woman when we were first getting together, 18. But he gave me a young person, a young woman, that, was, that already had a heart for the things of God. She was already committed herself to the things of the Lord when she was about 12 years old. I don't know how old Mary was, but, but she, she grew up as the mother of Christ, she grew up, and she had a heart for the things of God at an early age. She's but a teenager when, when she conceived by the Holy Spirit. What about Samuel? I mean, we could, we could go and we could, we could check out footprints all the way through Scriptures, and we, and we find that they're, you don't have to be of certain age for God to get a hold of your heart. But the, the sooner the better. You'll know. God says, I will smite. God will work. God will do a work. And He will do a work in your life and in my life just as He has done in lives, countless lives prior to us. And to get a hold of that truth 
that God is interested in me and my fellowship with him and my walk with him. And he is that interested with you as well. Chapter 8, verse 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go. Why? That they may serve me. God is interested in us, in our service. I, I look at the makeup of Israel, and I was thinking a little bit back on, on what Jerry was sharing today and in terms of the priesthood. Not all Levites, all Levites were in the priestly line, but not all Levites had the same function in the priesthood. Some things rotated, but you had to be of the line of Aaron to be of the high priest. By the time we come to the time of Christ, that was a position of favor and a lot of times paid for, bought, purchased by individuals. How far they got away from, from what God had decreed and what was honorable in God's eyes. You see, it was a matter of power authority in that day. It wasn't just religious, it was also there's some political connections with that. But God has a standard. God set that up. Not everybody functions the same in the body of Christ. We understand that. We go to First Corinthians Chapter 12, and, and we can read about all the, the various things that God does through individuals, different individuals within the church. No one person has all the spiritual gifts. Not one person can do it all. I know Mark and and I, in the past, we've had, a, had the experience when we, it seemed like we had to do it all. But I think this was before I really came to understand the importance of the individuals within the body of Christ. Well, we, we might be functioning in, that, in such a capacity where we're doing a lot, but, but God isn't interested in that. He is interested in each and every one of us, you doing your part in the body. Because nobody else can do it. Your function, your place within the bodies, is that selective? It's selective by God because it's through the Holy Spirit that we receive whatever He dishes out in order to minister one to another. And sometimes it's hard for us to to realize that, that there are people that need to minister to us, to me as well. And so here, we find God explaining, God saying, God revealing himself and saying, I have something to say. 
Will you listen? Thus saith the Lord. Pharaoh heard, but Pharaoh ignored. And that, that's understandable about Pharaoh because he was a lost person. He didn't believe in the Lord. But, you know, there, there are Christians that are just like that. I've discovered that. It don't make any difference what the Word of God says. It's what the theologians have put together in a package form. That, that, that's, that, that's, and I used to stand, sit there. That, that, that used to be my package. I, I had that package, and, and that's what I, I, I wrapped myself around. But I've learned that, no, it's, it's the Word of God that I need to wrap myself around. It's the Word of God that you need to wrap yourself around. It's what He has to say that is to give direction to your life as well. And so we find here in that little phrase, God using it, and then God adding to it. He was a God of, of Israel. Later on we find this, he's, he said, He is the Lord God. He's not just the Lord, but He's the Lord God. And then, He's the Lord God of hosts. That expands our understanding that, that, that His Lordship, His Godship, even extends over the hosts of the heavens. You see, all these little additions to the phrase give us important insight and truth that we need to get a hold of concerning God. He is the Lord. But He is the Lord God. He's the Lord God of Israel. And Israel is His chosen ruling nation. And one day, it will rule. That nation will be God's ruling force over all the earth. A one-world government is coming. But it's, not going, to, it's going to be preceded by an attempt for the one-world government by, of course, as you know, Satan himself. But God is, has it all mapped out and planned out. And I like that because that gives me comfort and that gives me assurance that I'm on the right side. I'm looking for the right thing. I don't want to be deceived along the way. So as we look at these phrases, and we can go on and we could, we could see others that pop into the picture. Let my people go that they might serve me. He's called the God of the Hebrews. Why would they say God of the Hebrews? The word for Hebrew is Eber. Who was Eber? Ah, he's, his name appears in the genealogy lines. He was a great-grandson of Shem. We go back to Genesis chapter 10, verse 29, and we find that he was the father, who was the father of Peleg and Joktan. Remember Peleg? Yeah. It was in the days of Peleg that the earth was divided. It's amazing how 
the addition of a few little words, one here, one there, carries great meaning within the Word of God. And what that tells me is God has placed His words and joined them together in such a fashion that we could we should never be bored in studying it because of the great truths that we can extract from it and that we can see in it. And things that He's revealing to us. How much are you really getting into the Word? Well, you know, i got to leave that for the more educated and skilled. No. No. Oftentimes it's the educated and the skilled that are caught up in their education and their skills and they place more focus and attention on that than they do the Holy Spirit who's going to really teach you the Word. That's who we need to go to to understand what God is saying. That's where we need to go to really get our hearts moving in the right direction. That's where you need to go. That's where I need to go. And if you're not going there, now's the time. <laughs> Can't do anything about yesterday, but boy, you can change it today and you can plan to change more for tomorrow. Change your schedule. Take advantage of your time. Because God wants to walk with each one of us in a personal way. Don't miss out on that opportunity today. It's going to change later. But don't miss out on it today. Take advantage of what God has, what God tells us in His Word, and what God, how God moves us through His Spirit to energize us. And remember, He is the Lord. He is the Lord. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what God has to say. So, Father, just use, use our lives, and not just to enrich ours, but, Father, use our lives to enrich one another and then to reach out beyond us. And, Father, help us. Help us to, to be a a stepping stone in the lives of other people in order that they might grow and they might draw closer to you as well in their walk with you. For it's in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus, that I pray.